0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: You there?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay.
2: The music just cut off.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know what happened with Steve. Come we on, Steve, the... tighten up.
3: <laughs> I
1: mess with him all the time because he—he probably hit a button wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's a very loose show. You can pretty much talk about anything. So yeah. we don't take ourselves serious. We're on at the all. air,
0: man. We're on the air, man. <laughs>
1: hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and we're live <laughs> and we're
0: live Oh shit <laughs>
1: Alright Steve get us started
0: <laughs> As you see Brett's nervous tonight because we're talking To basically Well under clown legend and the FX Legend Marcus Koch
3: uh, uh, Cook He's one of the
0: guys if you Cook. don't know his name You damn sure know his work If you've watched any Gore film that's pretty much come out since about the, the late 90s. So he's worked on an amazing amount of film. How are you hey, holding Marcus? up during COVID? As much <laughs> work as you've done, Marcus. I could just see you just standing uh, in your place, just twitching like a nervous
3: wreck, like at these work just so I could do something.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's actually been a pretty rough seven months, eight months. I I don't know. Like, we we had just wrapped uh, a film in um, Mississippi and got home, and then my wife and I were going to go on, like, a little mini vacation, and nope, got the big fuck you on that. So we, you know, pretty much out of work for the last seven or eight months. So, you know, little by little, things are coming back, you know, got some gigs lined up, so...
3: Yeah, it's been rough
2: on everyone.
0: He says that, Fred, and the last thing he's done is three movies back-to-back that's also an (laughs) anthology that's also three films that are connected to each other. Yeah,
1: I mean, Workaholic definitely describes you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the limited... um...
2: Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you were saying? Oh, um... The, the only thing that I kind of got going while, you know, COVID was happening was um, working on editing projects, uh, trying to yeah, redo Rot, doing an anthology film called Symbolicus. Uh, my wife, Jessie, is working on uh, an anthology with um, all-female directors, like, uh, called Fucked. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been some stuff going on, but, like, no work coming in, like, pay work. <laughs> yeah. Keeping busy. Oh, yeah.
1: It's hard I, a, a lot of my friends are artists And they made a lot of their money um, Doing gallery shows And <laughs> there's no galleries open right now So they're all sitting at home yeah. Doing work and they can't do shit with it You know they try to promote yeah. it online But it's really hard Unless you're following that artist Or like following you I didn't really start mm-hmm. following you until recently Thanks to Gore Did one of your posts And I was like holy fuck that's the director of Rod I need to friend him <laughs> immediately, <laughs> which you know I'll, I'll get into my story on how I discovered that film. But um, so then I friended you, and then I'm looking at your body of work, and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm behind like 20 years of film that so I got to catch up on now. Oh, <laughs> so that's why I feel a little off here. <laughs>
2: Uh, I, I there's, there's, you know, I, I've worked on over a hundred films. I think my IMDb says like maybe 94 at the moment. There's a few that got to catch up. Some are, you know, films that we worked on that never got released. Um, but yeah, like I've done a lot. There's, there's a lot of really terrible stuff in there. Um, I've, I've worked on some real, woo. <laughs> there's some bad stuff. <laughs> then there's really, well, really philosophy... cool stuff. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, there's really cool stuff in there, um, like Sweatshop, We Are Still Here. Well, like Those are some fun ones to seek out. Oh, yeah, yeah I mean,
3: We Are Still Here it is the
0: underrated one. What's that Yeah. If you look at the trailer and the DVD cover for it. You wouldn't think that it's a funky style core film. <laughs> Cause the box
2: and yeah. trailer plays like your average
1: haunted house movie. Yeah. Well, I think, um, the one that I really want to see is fell F E L L. that one. I saw the
2: trailer for, and I'm like, I need that in my collection as soon as possible. Oh yeah. I can definitely get you a copy. Um, it, yeah. Fell's like a weird one for me because everyone knows me for like the extreme gore and graphic effects. And I kind of wanted to do something that was a little bit different and yeah, so that's, fell is totally different from any of the other stuff. I mean, it's still dark, bleak and depressing, but it's uh yeah, no, there's some blood in it, but no gore. Nothing. Well, oh, that's what it
1: was. I, I read up on it and I saw the trailer and I'm like, Holy shit! This is a lot deeper than just you know. Hey, we're gonna slice this girl's stomach open and watch her guts spill out, which is no problem with that. I love that
3: shit. <laughs> but
1: there's always yeah, there's always those films that you set aside and you're like, this one's special, you know? It's like Rot is special to me because I saw it at the right time when I was full fledged in the punk rock, you know. <laughs> I mean, it was like 90%. Per- I-, I watched the film and I'm like, hey, that's that- this friend of mine. That's a friend of mine. Had dated a girl exactly like that, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, like, uh, what's your story? How'd how you find rot?
1: <laughs> oh, I was at a Fangoria in New York. And I walked up to the uh, Video Outlaw Alternative Cinema table. And I'm looking at it all and I'm like, eh, tits, tits, blood tits. Who hasn't seen any of that? And rot. I saw the cover, and it just said, sex, drugs, and formaldehyde. And I turned it over, and I saw the mohawk. And it was a punk rock film, Red Billy Scam, Tiffany, Stinky. And I was like, you know what? This film's for me.
3: And it's really <laughs>
1: rare. Yeah. I brought it home, and I love the Xerox label they put on. it. The green VHS. And oh, those are when rare. I it, those are that's the one I have, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, rad! Awesome.
1: Yeah, no, I I I don't know. Is that one of the first
2: releases or? Yeah, yeah, the first pressings. I think there was like maybe a hundred done in green VHS. Oh well, I have one, so <laughs>
1: there's 99 more out okay. there. <laughs> yeah, and I kept yeah. and it was so special to me. I kept it in a plastic case to protect it.
3: You know,
1: (laughs) because it's very rare, and you're a fan of film, obviously. It's rare to find a movie that takes punk rockers seriously. Because you watch anything, especially from the 80s. Punk rockers are always goofy jocks, drinking suntan lotion, and and talking like they're fucking Biff, you know? (laughs) So it was refreshing to find a movie that actually portrayed street punks as they really are.
2: Yeah. So that's what uh, I
1: loved about the movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, cuz none of them were yeah, none of them were playing punker dress up. Like, you know, I didn't just take an actor and be like, "Oh, hey, could you let me talk you into, t- sh- you know, shaving your hair into a mohawk?" You know, I mean, like like all yeah. uh, all the clothing's there's I mean, that's just how they were. And they we lived at a well, I didn't live with them, but a bunch of the punks um lived uh Tiffany Steinke, Stinky. Um her and um Carolee Club had owned, like, what was known as Punk House, and um, lots of bands would come through. Um, I think the Subhumans stayed with them one night. The Casualties, of course, like, we, you know, because uh, Billy Scam had his band, The Scam, and <clears throat> one night they were playing with uh, The Casualties, and it was just like, oh, hey, could we, like, film some of your show, like, you know, like a mosh pit that happens at your show? And so they're just like, yeah, whatever, <laughs>
1: Kind of cool. I was going to ask you, how
2: did you get the casualties? Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was one of, one of my favorites.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah and uh, what's funny Jorge. is, I
0: love Dudes. You remember that one from the 80s, Marcus?
2: Uh, yeah. Oh, one Dudes. One dudes? Had... John Cryer, yeah. Dudes, okay, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, that was the hard part for me. It's like, oh, man, this is a great movie. John Cryer is a hardcore punker beating up somebody? No. No, yeah, I don't buy it. (laughs) And I love the movie, but John Cryer is a punker. No, at least Daniel (laughs) Robo looked like some big fat thug tough that you'd actually see in the club.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the soundtrack to that movie, The Casualties, Blank Seventy Seven, The Scams, Hell on Earth. You know, I was just, and I had T S O L. Like cold blue, you know. I used to disturb oh. my teachers in school <laughs> with
3: that one.
2: Oh, did the actually Green got DA sent does to the principal? Have PSOL? Holy shit! Yes. Yeah, because uh, at one point we had to change the end credits. I had I, I put a different song on there because we weren't allowed. You know, obviously, like I didn't give a fuck. Yeah, I just threw it on there. And then DI uh, <laughs> Cinema was like, "Hey, do you own the rights to this one?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> so. Uh, I, so I put a a, a a Tampa local band on. There's a different version out there. Uh, the, uh, the end credit song is uh, by a Tampa band called Mega Smegma, and it's called I Got a Rash.
1: Oh, okay. Is that, I guess that the Blu-ray version is going to have that one then, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's Cool, then that. I'm going to have <laughs>
1: both versions. Yeah, because my green VHS has the TSOL song. so oh, two of them. You put two TSOL songs
3: oh, on oh, it, boy. yeah.
0: Do you remember the same band that called the Cock Up with the Return of the Living Dead?
3: Yeah. Oh, who's Yeah, there? the Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. The
1: Return of the Living Dead. They had the um. No, that was the Damned. The Damned song they took out. Oh, the I think
2: they replaced. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe. So. Yeah. I, if you some get other the um. music that changed. The, there's some other music that changed in part two from like. The VHS release and then you get the D V D the soundtrack's all different on part two. Uh,
1: yeah. Well I have the Return of the Living Dead part one on D V D from England. And it's all the oh. original songs. It's all it's the original um version that was ripped from the VHS. That first oh, came nice. out before so, they altered it. So I have I have cramp, three different versions of that.
2: Yep. Forty five degrees. Oh, so
1: yeah. Which, you know, 45 Grave is still out there, and she's just as beautiful yeah. as ever.
2: Check she's this out. awesome. This I love story. her. Okay. Here's an in- interesting story. Like, um, the years that I was shooting Rot, I was on AOL, a uh, group I belong to was AOL Horror Chat. And, uh, you know, for good many years, there was a woman in there who was named Death What was Death your name Bray. on there? And, hmm? Uh, what was your name uh, on there? Autopsy 13.
0: <laughs> you remember a guy oh. on there called Stephen O Five Six Eight? He
2: was a real movie group and sort of a jerk. Mm. Yeah, not ringing a bell. Hmm.
0: I remember seeing Be- you been there. Been
2: a long time. Oh, yeah. I was in there. Um, I was also under. Even earlier was Necro Agogo Thirteen. Wow. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I didn't get Uh, online
2: until a couple years ago.
1: (laughs) Anyway, Uh, your story
2: about the girl. uh, Okay, so, yeah, there was this woman in the group uh, uh, who went by Death Bride. And then years later, like, a friend's like, oh, hey, um, uh, Death Bride is coming through your town, and they need a place to stay. And I'm like, oh, sure, okay, she's with her band. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, Death Bride, I remember her. And then it's like, yeah, she's with 45 Graves. And I'm like, oh, my God. Death Bride on AOL Horror Chat was Dinah Cancer
3: Yeah. <laughs> from 45 grapes. So,
2: like, yeah, we let him crash with us uh, one night, got to see him play. That was really fucking rad.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, no, she's a sweetheart. I talked to her once in a while. Like, not talk-talk, like, conversation, but, like, on Facebook, we'll exchange messages and shit, you know. Like, like mm-hmm. on her wall and shit. She's super sweet. She like, is one very of my favorites grown-up.
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> and I think the other film of yours that I saw but I don't own a copy that I need to get a copy
2: of is a hundred tears. Oh yeah, um, we're about to do like if you want to hold out for it, we're uh, you know, like rot. We're about to do uh, a Blu-ray through Unearthed Films, so maybe maybe okay. next year. But I mean, it's, but it's streaming on Tubi. Do you have Tubi? No.
1: I mean, I just have a shitty ass cell phone. That's why I buy hard disks as much as possible. Wow. Like I never stream shit. I own hundreds ah. of fucking disks. So
3: <laughs>
1: Yeah. But I I no, I I I'm holding out because I didn't want to get bootlegs of I try not to get bootlegs because I always feel bad for the filmmakers because you put your blood, sweat, and tears in these, and then there's bootlegs floating around out there, and it's like, well, they didn't get paid for that. And I also learned that because, like I said, a lot of my friends are artists or painters and shit, and it's like too many times. Even my artwork has been stolen and put up on a site as a print or a T-shirt, and it's like,
0: well,
3: fuck
1: you. That's my work, you know? If I had
0: a dollar for everyone who goes on the podcast promotion groups I got and said, do you know anyone who will make me a banner for free? Oh. No. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you
1: don't know how many times people are like, hey, you draw, can you do my tattoo? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. That's <laughs> why I don't come pay I me. never post anything of mine. Yeah. I never post anything of mine because too many times my sh- I see shit on my own work on another page where people are putting their names on it. That just happened to another friend of mine who's, a, who's, a draw, who's an illustrator. Someone took his um drawing, posted it as theirs, cropped off his name. He saw it, said something, and then the girl's mother attacked him saying, oh, you piece of shit, her work is better than yours anyway. And he's like, that is my work, you fucking cunt. <laughs> like,
3: oh. you
1: know? <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. The art world is horrible. So I know, yeah. I always empathize That's with filmmakers because yeah. I know bootlegs fuck you guys over.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and and you, th- it's sad because there's not much you can do, especially with like online torrenting. Like once it's up, like, you know, fuck. And it, if it goes up on YouTube, you know, you can get it taken down if you fight, but the second one goes down, two more go up you know?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And i have actually seen like, uh, your films posted on YouTube. So I'm like, eh. <laughs> I'm
2: like, yeah. I mean,
1: it's there, I, but it only makes me want to buy yours from you now.
2: So. Yeah. And the, I mean, it, I'm, I'm thankful there's at least, you know, some people like you who like, you know, need to own the, you know, the real deal. Like, I'm, I've always been the same way. Like, I have a huge VHS collection still. I've got, you know, I'm always collecting DVDs. Um, (laughs) But, like, now when I see, like, you know, Rot up on YouTube, at, at kind of this point, like, I'm like, well, you know, it's out there. It's like if someone watches it and they dig it and they seek me out, like, cool, you know. Yeah, you know, I made I well, made the movie for these types well, of people In a way, like, it's gotta make this, you but... proud
0: when you like someone's like they upload rotten, it's their copy, and you can tell it's been watched over a million times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all well, I, I don't think I have said
2: that <laughs> yet. Well, uh, and and this is a weird thing, and don't get me wrong. Um, definitely, you know, I'm against bootlegging and you know torrenting, but like, yeah, yeah. you really fucking changed a weird perspective when like, you know, I did something like fell and I thought fell was fucking amazing. It's it's not a horror film, but I think it's fucking amazing. Like, especially what we went through to make it happen. We shot it for like 300 bucks in three days and it was like almost a disaster. It was the film that almost never was, but I'm so proud of how it came out. Like, I mean, it's low tech, it's low budget, like, you know, sound quality problems, image quality, like, yeah, it could be better, but for what it is, I think it's fucking amazing. And we put it out there, and for two years, never got torrented. I was like, man, wow, what a weird feeling when no one fucking gives a fuck about your film. I'm like, man, I love this film so much. Like, I'm like, the first thing i am done, what I'm like, super proud of, and no one cares. And then finally, yeah. I got a great review in Fangoria. And then, oh, there's the torrents. Oh, there, Okay. <laughs>
0: Well, you said you, uh, it yourself today, today on Facebook. Fi- it on what? IMDB. It's got to be one of my favorite. It has one of my favorite lines in review ever. Oh, which one? Bell equals, if you're taking drugs, they don't fucking work. Go to the doctor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Go to a doctor. Well, I mean, Marcus, you said it today on your own Facebook that you you're horrible at promoting your own stuff. So sometimes you've got to be a bastard and just shove it in everyone's face. (laughs) Like I was going to say, when your Blu-ray comes out a rot, I would hit up every YouTube video and post your link there saying, to own this film, go here.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Use it to your advantage. It's free advertising.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm friends with Chet Zar, and him and I, like, so many times just went after people that stole art. And then right after he reports them, he posts his links, saying, well, if you want to really own my art, it's here. <laughs> so that's an idea for you, you know. You remember, a commercial.
0: Was it Fright Rats? <laughs> it used to be that way before they went legit. Um, oh, who yeah,
2: was I that? they were. Fright Rats. Oh, okay.
0: Fred, as they hey. got busted, I don't know how many times, stealing fan art cool horror fan art and then putting it on their
3: t-shirt.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's constant. Like, uh, and what we do is like a lot of, like a lot of my artist friends, what we do is if we find someone's art that we know stolen, we immediately take an image of that and send it to the artist saying, Hey, your art's being sold without your permission. We recently did that with Sarah Frazetta, Frank Frazetta's um, niece. Her, mm-hmm. her um, uncle's work was being sold as prints through this shabby fucking website. So I messaged her saying, hey, Sarah, they stole your uncle's artwork here and they're selling it because she runs Frazetta Girls, which you go get the official prints and stuff. So, and mm-hmm. of course, yeah. she went a- she, I think she went after them and got it removed because that's, you know, money I out mean, of your pocket. So, you know, uh, you, 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 it, I, I don't know if filmmakers and, have that.
3: I love it
0: when guys online try to steal Stephen the sad art. Whenever I find out they oh, try that, I get like a bucket of popcorn and just watch because it's going to be good.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes um, it pays to be on social media making friends with like other artists or filmmakers because second you see stolen art, you just tell them, hey, this guy stole your art. And then, boom, they go after him. So it's an easy yeah. way to protect your merchandise. Or you could use as advertisement and post your stuff there, saying, "Well, if you want the real deal, here you go. <laughs> Buy my Blu-rays here."
2: Damn! Sorry, it, I didn't mean to be all like... <laughs> like. what it, was that even I'm in sorry. the Etsy world? Um, uh, a friend of mine, Crystal, uh, like she's been doing like the Etsy thing like since the beginning of Etsy, and she makes these her her jewelry line. I guess is called Zombie Head. and She sculpts these very intricate little zombie faces. And they're really cool, but she had been doing it for a while, and now it's like, you know, you you, you can see when someone's copied her work uh, or or just molded her work. Like people will buy her stuff and then cast it and resell it, and it's like, yeah,
3: yeah,
2: it happens all too often.
1: Yeah, thanks with the free, Smooth On, free. anyone could be a fucking FX artist now. <laughs>
2: you just order their yeah. kit
1: through the mail, their ten dollar kit, and you could, you got you could like make castings of anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I
3: had to ask oh, you, what did you start as? Why
0: do they think that they're not gonna get
1: busted? <laughs> I mean in the world wide web, you think you're you're there's so many people on it, you think no one's gonna see it or recognize it. You think you're you're kinda hidden in the corner. It's like going to the dirt mall and finding that person selling the bootleg C D in the corner, you know, back in the eighties.
2: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: <laughs> but,
0: but yeah, yeah what, I was gonna what ask, made what you... you want to become an FX artist? Like Fred said,
2: um, yeah, just like watching horror movies. Like my parents like raised me on horror. Uh, by the age of three, they started taking me to the drive-in with them every weekend. Uh, first movie I ever saw was Hell Night, um, and then you know from there, just growing up in the eighties, we'd always rent VHS when we weren't at the drive-in, and so it was always horror movies. And, like, they didn't try and, you know, shun me from it. Oh, you can't watch any of this. Um, You know, they tried to be a little more, you know, restrictive on, like, you know, movies with boobies in them until I was a little bit older, but, um, like, 10. Uh, But, you know, but they didn't restrict me from any of this stuff. And I knew, you know, from that age that it was was all make-believe, and these were actors, you know, because I'd see the same actors time and time again, especially if you watch, you know, horror films, you'll see a lot of the same faces. And, you know, in this movie, he'll get, you know, shot in the head. And this one, he gets decapitated. So, you know, like, okay, well, he didn't really die. And so I was like, well, how, 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 what is this? And, like, my dad would always tell me, oh, special effects. And I'm like, what is special effects? Like it, Like, this is a job you can have as an adult? <laughs> so I'm like, yes, please, I want to do that.
1: There you go. And so you started off as an effects artist before a director, writer, filmmaker totally, right?
2: Yeah. Um that's uh, initially how it started. Um I you know, by the age of like 8 or 9, I'd, I I I borrow my dad's VHS camcorder and I was already experimenting with like, you know, flour and water, you know, and makeup and latex and cotton and like I would try little experiments. But I wanted to see how they looked on camera, so I'd filmed them. And then, like, I was like, okay, well, if I'm doing this, you know, why don't I put, like, a little sequence together where there's a series of events that leads to the effect? And those started getting bigger and more elaborate. And then by, like, the end of eighth grade, after dozens and dozens and dozens of, like, short experimental, like, things, I'm like, well, I'll just put, like, a little plot to it, get my neighborhood friends together, and I made a movie called White Massacre. Which is terrible. Nice. <laughs> but I mean, still, no, I have a rule about um, whether a
1: film is terrible or not. To me, a terrible film is one that doesn't hold my interest. A film, no matter what the production value is, if it holds my interest and is entertaining, I don't give a fuck how bad it is. It's still good.
2: Yeah. And that's I, my rule I, with filmmaking. I personally and I have on video stuff. Good. Like, I just love seeing what people... You know, yeah. it, it, the fact that a film got finished is a miracle in itself. Like you know, like they did it, they got it done and finished and out there. So like you know, there's there's a lot to be said even with that. Well, with the technology my today, it's a lot
1: easier. Never trust, yeah.
0: My th- my yeah. rule is you never trust the artist's view on opinion if their own movies are good or bad because. If they think it's great, that means they got too big of an ego. Eh. But if they think it's horrible, all they can see is everything they did wrong. And they can't see nothing oh, yeah. they could do. Right. And the fans sit there did. and watch
2: it going, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there's uh, – uh, that's how I kind of feel about, like, Rob Zombie films. Like, I think they're just very self-masturbatory. Like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm a rock star and a horror filmmaker. I mean I and, and the one that I like seems to be the one everyone hates uh, of his I, like I don't care for most of his films but like that uh, the weird Salem one like Lords of Wicked Salem, Salem. I Steven that. That Salem. Steve and I's favorite like that yeah. one I was like I was like this yeah. one's interesting and weird like I was like do more of this please Yes
3: yeah. that's yeah. because Marcus his Halloween films the I the hate the it the...
2: Oh yeah. yeah I hate the Halloween films
3: um, oh, I mean, but this is a when weird
2: thing I, When like, I uh, went
0: to uh, sorry. hmm When Continue. I went to see Lord the Salem, It was at an art theater And that's the best place to see that movie Because if you're going to art theater You're expecting art films live But it's after and o- over The other three people in me And this woman looked at her friends And went This was an art film and I just said out loud, <laughs> no shit. Where are
1: we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hate Rob Zombie's uh, Halloween films. I thought, Especially the first one lost me with the rape scene. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's not necessary. He threw it in there to yeah. be edgy. And I hated the fact that they took Michael Myers, who had a supernatural edge, and just turned him into a nine-foot-tall wrestler who just smashes
2: people. I hated that.
0: So, yeah. and, and, and I don't
2: and I don't think there's like any reason like Michael Myers needed to be a bad person, like, oh, he tortured animals. And it's because his mom was a hooker and his dad was a drunk, you know, who beat him. It's like, no, uh, Michael Myers works because he came from an apple pie all American white family. Yeah. Like, you know you know, yeah. there's no reason Michael Myers should have been bad, and that's what makes him scary is like, you know, there's no reason he should have been evil but he was. And that's what makes him scary. It's like but then like to back it up with like, oh well it's you know, he's a victim of circumstance. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that you know, and
0: you worked that, on the film that took him back to that, didn't you?
2: No, I don't know why. <laughs> This came up on another podcast. Like I, I had to. I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, yeah, it's you know, on
0: IMDB um, I, I, that you worked on. Yeah, it's on IMDb. Yeah, I'm,
3: 2018. There,
2: there's, yeah, there's another Marcus Cook who's a visual effects artist. Same spelling of my name, and some somewhere some wires got crossed. So like, yeah, no, I did not work on Halloween. Ah, okay. Uh, 2018. So. And yeah. I got to change my PIN for post to now. Yeah, and I'm trying to get that off my IMDb, but, like, fucking IMDb is so not easy to work with. They, like, like, you, you can add anything you want, like I found. Like, if you wanted to just be like, oh, yeah, I worked on The Mandalorian. I worked on, you know, Always Sunny. And so you could just add whatever the fuck you want. But you try and take something off? Like, no, forget it. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. So that, that's got, that's a correction then. You did not work on Halloween 2018. Gotcha.
3: I was going to say, hey, that's your big break.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're in the mainstream now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So what's Jamie B. Curtis really like? like
2: (laughs) (laughs) She likes this weird yoga. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Kind of like this stuff.
0: (laughs) Works a lot. You uh, did that from from the people it's in, is that documentary about red film on the Pittsburgh scene?
2: Oh, no, um, but it, yeah, we cover, you know, Fred and Shelby Vogel in the August Underground trilogy, yeah. um, uh, but it's just on Red Films in general, like, you know, the most hardcore, fucked up, like, stuff that exists around the world. Um, oh. you
0: Got one of my best <laughs> friends on on the, in your movie? Well, one of my friends, oh, I've known him for forever, and that's Brian Truett. Oh,
2: yeah, he's a great guy.
0: Was that for "Revenge Is My Middle Name"? Um. Well,
2: yeah. Like he produced that, but like, yeah, he was just there, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, you know, he's very knowledgeable about like you know fucked up cinema." So we're like, "Yeah, we got to interview Brian." Um, yeah. No. <laughs> so here, okay. So here's here's what happened. Like every director editor's worst nightmare. Um, so over the last, like you know several months of COVID lockdowns, like I've been, you know, working on an edit an extended cut of, cause we've got a, an 80 minute film festival cut that we had out last Halloween. And um, then once COVID started, we weren't able to press Blu-rays because all the manufacturing kind of like went on hiatus. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take this time and I'm going to make more interviews and more content. And uh, like started editing this like super cut, you know we've got we now have Mary and Dora, um, in in the longer cut and like yeah you know, we got a couple other filmmakers. There's a new uh, filmmaker Scott. Uh, oh, I'm forgetting his name right now. Oh, I'm drinking. I uh, can't remember his name. But and, uh, a fucked up film called Twenty Nine Needles, uh, directed by um, Scott something. <laughs> it's a three three name name. He's got he's got three names. Um, anyway, twenty nine needles. Keep your eyes out for this fucked up like. Uh, yeah, I just wrote it down.
1: <laughs> I got a little notepad in front of me. Okay. Yeah, twenty
2: nine <laughs> needles. Uh, Under Films was going to be putting it out. Anyway, so like we've got this, you know, enormous like super extended cut because like I had nothing to do during the lockdown, and every director's worst fucking nightmare is I had just bought a brand new hard drive because all of the raw footage was split up between these other hard drives. And I was like, well, I'll get a super big two-terabyte hard drive, and I'll condense everything to one location. That fucking hard drive, like, just stopped working one day. So my entire cut, everything I've done over lockdown is fucking gone. And, like, I mean, I still have backups on the other hard drives of all the raw footage, but all my project files, I had moved to this fucking hard drive that died. So, uh... (sighs) Uh, oh, I'm that's... so sorry.
0: <laughs> you ought to, uh, uh, So I'm in the process of rebuilding. Out, but you ought to check out the guy who's usually with me and Fred when we do watches Gore films, uh, backyard gore. It will remind you of basically your backyard stuff. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's he's uh he's like new at making his own backyard gore films. So and he's a huge fan of yours. It, actually, I, I found out that you had a Facebook through him. So, Gore Phil. Uh, his name is Gore Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, Gore Phil. Yeah, yeah, him. And and I, I was thinking Gore Punks when you were talking earlier, but Gore Okay, yes, no. yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's a huge fan of yours, and I actually found you through him. So, thank you, Gore.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah, cool uh, guy. Um,
3: so, you yeah, you so got Rock coming uh, out.
2: Oh, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, doing Rot, um, doing uh, re-editing. That's that's the big nightmare is re-editing and putting back together uh, Beyond Horror, Extended Cut. Uh, But, like, um, we've got, for Rot, for the first time in 24 years, like, I've got interviews with um, Tiffany Steinke and uh, Billy Scam. Haven't gotten Billy's interview yet, but we got Tiffany's a couple nights ago. And I got uh you know of course Joel Weinkoop and the guy who plays the Men in Black, um, Walter Meteda. He's we got his uh interview.
1: Nice. Yeah, so no, no, I used to joke around
3: together,
1: that, but. uh I used to joke around though, the uh your uh what are they, CIA agents, they look yeah. like the IRS yeah, logo. Like, oh <laughs> the R the IRS record label logo. I used yeah. to say, Hey it's the IRS record label. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, so, yeah, I was going to ask you that. Don't what
3: what's,
1: what's, going what's, going what yeah, um, what's going on with Billy and Tiffany? What's going on with uh, those two? Yeah, sorry. What's going
2: on with Billy and Tiffany? Bill I haven't talked to yet, so I'm not too entirely sure. I haven't really talked to him. In, I, I talked to him once in, like, 20 years, but that was, like, maybe 10 years ago. Uh, but he's he's been doing good, does more music stuff. He doesn't do a lot of punk rock stuff anymore. Um, Tiffany. Um, I she, she, I guess ha- hasn't done any other movies other than that. But it, I mean, it was cool to like see her again. Like, I mean, I, I yeah. had a friend, Carol Lee, who who's one of the producers on uh, Rot, who kind of orchestrated all this chaos. You know, because we're a bunch of fucking crazy kids coming up with <laughs> yeah. shit. And just, you know, we needed someone with like you know sense of organization to try and like wrangle. <laughs> A lot of crazy punk rockers. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, well, they—that's the thing. It's like
1: half my punk rock friends are either sadly passed away from dr- AIDS or drug overdose, or they're just gone, like they just disappeared oh. off the face of the earth. They're—they're they're not even online. So I tried oh, tracking down a bunch of my crew from back then, and punks don't seem to fare well when they get
2: older.
1: <laughs> that's why I asked, how are they? Are they still around? <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, Good you know, health, being, you know, successful, uh, you know, girlfriends, wives, you know, that whole thing. Like, I'm married Good. now. Like, that's the that's crazy thing that I never thought would happen to me, but I'm happily married, moved to the middle of nowhere, Illinois. It's quiet here. I moved to L.A. for, like, three years, but I was like, I knew, I, I never wanted to go to L.A. because I'm like, I'm going to fucking hate it there. Like, ho- Hollywood is so fake and backstabby, I'm like, I'm just going to fucking yeah. hate it there. And I gave it the three-year college try, and I'm like, yeah, no, not for me. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, Joe Bob Briggs even
1: said, like, you don't need to go to Hollywood to make a movie. Stay where the fuck you are. You don't. There's nothing
3: yeah.
1: in Hollywood that you need to be a filmmaker. They, 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 no. they, all they got is their talk and lawyers. You stay where you are, and and you can make your
3: art.
1: <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, make art. Exactly. <laughs> so and I saw and you don't work go on to school.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, you don't oh, need to. Yeah, one? you definitely don't need to go to school. Oh, Citizen Toxie. Oh, no. Did you work on that one? Okay, because
2: yeah, that's on IMDb uh, well, too. Yeah. No. No. That That's when I work on. That was my first learning experience about not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I hate to say it. Story. But Boyd Cospin and Troma will teach you what the word sodomy in film means, and I don't mean about on camera. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and and I was nineteen or so at the time. Um, it was like either right before or right after shooting rot. Um, I oh, I think maybe I'd shot rot. Okay, no, I think I'd shot rot. Yeah, um, you were eighteen and when you did it. rot. Yeah, so like I had somehow like I had sent or m- maybe sent a copy to Trauma um, of rot just to check out, and like I did get a phone call conversation with Lloyd Kaufman. And then around that, you know, shortly after that, like i got gotten a weird email from someone named Patrick Cassidy, who was like a, I think he was a unit production manager or some kind of production manager on, uh, or AD on uh, t- Citizen Toxie. And so he's all like, oh, hey, like you're an effects guy. We'd like to do this and this, da, 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 da. you know, can you make, you know, thing? and because they have like, 30 different effects people from all over, like making, you know, here's your project, you make this. And so I was handed uh, the the charred tards because there's a school in the beginning of the film that blows up and then it's raining down chunks of retards. And so it's the charred tards. And uh, so like, I, you know, I'm like, okay. And they're like, yeah, we'll send you a check for materials and then you mail it to us. And then, you know, you know, a week or two went by and then it's like, well, we can't afford, you know, everything. So can you cover the materials and then we'll reimburse you when you mail them to us. And, you know, I'm like, Oh, okay. So like I made, Uh you know, just these two part foam, like chunks of chunks of black foam, all like with gore on them and put them in a giant, like fucking the biggest box I could find that would like, you know, you could sit like maybe a washer in. I'm like, I just loaded this motherfucker up and sent it off to New York. And um, I sent an email. I'm like, hey, did you get, get the box? And I no message back. Hey, just checking, like, you know, did, did you get it? No message back. Never fucking heard anything back. Like, no pay, like, no reimbursement, nothing. And then I think around in 2002, I was working on a film called Nikos the Impaler, and Lloyd Kaufman was on it. So I'm like, I'm going to go talk to this motherfucker. And uh, we were shooting We were shooting in a, uh, a video store called 112 Video in Long Island. And, uh, you know, him, Debbie Rashawn, uh, a couple other German uh, people, this German punk rock guy named Bella was there. He's like, everyone's all like, oh, he's like the David Hasselhoff of punk rock. Or, you know, because <laughs> they love yeah. <laughs> David Hasselhoff over there. Um, <laughs> but, like, uh, at one point during the night, Lloyd went and sat in the uh, – Western Isle by himself so I kind of like sidled up to fucking Lloyd and I'm like hey uh, so Citizen Taxi um, like I I got to working on it and like I I was in touch with a guy named Patrick Cassidy and he's like oh yeah yeah we fired him and I'm like oh he he was saying (laughs) I was supposed to like get reimbursed because I made like you know the, the school kids that get blown up and he's like oh yeah the charred tards I'm like yeah I made those and he's all like, "Oh, that's really cool." And I'm like, "Yeah, I never never got paid." And he's like, "Oh yeah, we don't pay people." I'm like, "Oh." Yeah. Oh wow. He's like, hey, he's like, he he's like, "Well, that's really you know great that you're you know you're still working. You're up here now, and you did that for us. And here's a copy of Mother's Day on DVD."
1: <laughs> There's and your I'm pay. Like, "You got a DVD?"
2: <laughs> I got a DVD of Mother's Day, a film I did not work on. So that. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, I yeah, about
0: Did it, you ever like, watch like, you
2: the know, you know, making was of a, Citizen Toxie? Oh, I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure. it was. No, I haven't seen the making of but I'm sure it was, like, insane chaos. Because that's, uh, like, you know, because I didn't get to go on there's set. Uh, but, uh, uh, stories from all my friends who did work on it.
0: Where the crew walks off the set because Lloyd,
3: because <laughs> they
0: found out that Lloyd wasn't going to pay him.
3: <laughs> uh.
0: So well, hire, I mean, the joke is if you work
3: crew.
1: Well, the joke uh, it, that I always heard about trauma is, um, if you're going to work for trauma, you better like cheese sandwiches because that's all you're going to get.
3: Ooh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, cast and crew, anyone that's worked on. Matter of fact, I think it's the LunaChicks makes fun of it in their video. They're sitting there eating cheese with on bread.
3: You know, it's like, oh, that—that
1: that, that was the joke. Yeah, if you work for Trauma, you're getting paid in cheese sandwiches.
3: Mm.
2: <laughs> so I'm sorry that it. you had that experience. Yeah, I mean, but, but I mean, you were 19. And like I'm. Yeah, and Lloyd and I have worked on and off. Like you know, we've crossed paths. Like you know, several films. So and. Yeah, he, I mean, he was kind of cool. Like, I mean, even that night, like, you know, talking to him, just sitting in, like, the Western aisle. And this was I, – I got to see a side of Lloyd no one ever really gets to see. But I seen, you know, Lloyd Kaufman, the trauma pitch man. I saw that side of him turn off and saw, like, you know, a real film enthusiast, and we just sat there talking about Westerns, which I was like, this is so crazy. He's, like, not acting like an insane person. He's pretty normal and has a lot of respect yeah. for film. <laughs> I was like, that, so that was kind of cool to see that.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure he's not an evil guy. It's just that it's a shrewd business
2: when you're oh, a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. You got
1: That's why you got to get everything written. I think Tom Savini said it. Any film he does, he wants it in writing. Lawyers, everything. He wants, you're going to pay me this for this, and even if I don't get to work on it, you still have to pay me.
2: Oh, damn. He, that's a,
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's a rule of his. Any any project he gets on, they sign a contract saying, We're hiring you for this film. Now whether we make the film or not, you still get paid.
0: Yeah, because he's smart enough to I realize that, that they can raise money for the film just based on his name being attached to it, even if they don't use it. Yeah.
3: Oh, like the Ripper? <laughs> Where he's in it for two <laughs> oh, seconds. <God. laughs> <What's that mean? laughs>
1: So I also heard you did Godzilla, King of the Monsters?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm
3: kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> okay.
0: Another one of uh, my favorites that more people need to see, and that's Purgatory Road. God damn. Was oh, that yeah. That, oh,
2: that was a fun one. It was uh, cold. We had a night of our uh, tornado alarms going off, and we didn't get one scene that's like, and it was down towards the end of the shoot, but there's a scene where at, at the beginning of the movie, the... The guy puts the gun in his mouth and blows, like, you, you think he blows his head off. Uh, you know, later there's a reveal, but we had to stop filming that because all of a sudden it's like 70 degrees at night, and then all of a sudden, like, tornado sirens start going off, and then the wind kicked up and started blowing down, like, lights and all the flags and everything outside, and everyone's trying to scramble and pack, like, holy shit, there's a tornado coming. And then all of a sudden it goes from, like, 70 degrees to, like, 30 degrees within minutes. It was nuts. Whoa. <laughs>
1: well, see, what you should do is grab the camera and start filming all the chaos and then put it into another film. Do like a, what yeah. is a cash flag? <laughs> Ray Dennis Steckler, yeah. that's what he would do. He's, Ray Dennis Steckler was famous for shooting a bunch of different random shit and then 20 years later, cut him into modern films he's making, you know, and then call his
3: film period pieces. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that, so and when I'm you get
0: back to the, behind to the, the camera, with, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'm very jealous you got to work with one of the filmmaking gods of exploitation, well, drive-in exploitation.
3: Oh, oh Herschel show. Gordon even Lewis, even
0: though that movie, yeah, yeah, Herschel Gordon Lewis. Yeah, tell
2: uh, us about him. That, he was, yeah. Oh God, he was fucking awesome. but funny as hell. Like super sharp razor wit. Like he, 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 he had what we called Herschelisms, Um and, like, he would say, like, these random funny-ass things, and we kept a list going, like, and started writing it on, like, the green room wall. We we're just like, okay, Herschel said this today, like, write that on the wall for prosperity. Um, like, uh, they had one actor, uh, it would be stuff like this, um, we had one actor who was supposed to play a character, and he his flight was coming in from New York, he was, like, some boxer or something, I, I don't know where they hired him, but, like, he was flying in from New York, and when he landed in New York, he got arrested for domestic violence. And so he got hauled off the jail and couldn't catch his flight down to Florida where we were filming. And, like, I was standing around Herschel when, like, the people were like, "Uh, we're not going to have this actor because he just got arrested and told Herschel the story. And he's just like, well, ain't that the cat's ass? <laughs>
3: There you go <laughs>
2: Or or people would ask for a second take Like you know And he, he'd literally shoot like one take and move Okay that's great let's move on to the next And then an actress was like well you know Can we do it a second time and He goes doesn't matter it's going straight to radio
3: <laughs> Going
1: straight to radio I like that <laughs> Cause I guess My that means, yeah.
0: um, is that It was in Daniel Kiel's book And he said one day on the set, the continuity uh girl was there, and she's like, "Herschel, you can't shoot this thing. why the base has been moved and Herschel looked at her and thought and went, well, if they notice that that base has moved, we don't have a picture
2: <laughs> yep, that's so, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds apropos um but i it, yeah was kind of terrified to meet him weirdly enough. Um, like I, I had to come in with a meeting and show him my portfolio, and I brought like um, a severed arm with like you know I, I like I got to make this thing look so awesome and realistic and you know did nails and punched in little arm hairs and made it really like you know realistic looking, and I showed it to him and he just kind of looked at this, flopped it this way, flopped it that way, and he's like, can you make it look fake? And I'm like, that's the weirdest, Uh, what, what? (laughs) again? (laughs) What do you mean, make it look fake? And he's like, these are comedies. Like, you know, people are in on the joke, so it doesn't have to look real. Meanwhile, I had already ordered, like, you know, maybe two, three grand in silicone because I was doing all these silicone body parts. And he literally wanted me to make them look like mannequin parts. So everything I was doing, I was dying, like, peach colored, like just one tone of peach. And he hated my blood. He fucking absolutely hated it. It's like, it's too dark. And he's like, back in my day, we, we made our blood out of red food coloring and Pepto-Bismol. And I'm like, oh, that explains it. Cause I've always tried to figure out like, what the fuck is his blood made of? It's Pepto-Bismol and red food coloring.
0: <laughs> yeah, he said, uh he made a shitload by selling uh, his blood formula to a makeup company that made a shitload of money by selling it to the other four films that used it on that
3: movie.
2: <laughs> he, he was a marketing genius. Like, uh, a lot of people didn't know this. Like, um, after, like, he's made so many films. And then when he wasn't making films, he was working in, like, a marketing department, like, for publications Threatened and, marketing. like, books. Yeah, and none of the people yeah, who worked his, with him uh, ever knew about book his... on
0: is still being taught
2: in advertising
0: yeah. classes today.
2: It, it's bananas, and none of the people who worked with him for, like, 20, 30 years ever knew about his, like, smutty film past, you know? No one knew. Like, uh, one of the guys who was working with him, like, found out, and it's like, oh, my God, you do all this? And, like, so he wound up funding Uh-Oh! Show. Like someone he'd worked with, like with some marketing firm. That's funny. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Like a
1: secret, secret, secret life there, you know.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, not many people could do that, though. It's like you're in that zone. You're you're a filmmaker, and that's it. Some people branch off and can, you know, handle many different jobs. And when you find out later, like wow, he did this, this, and this. It's like amazing. It's like, yeah. and I'm sitting here in my apartment, like fucking, you know, eating Cheetos and watching TV. What the fuck am I doing with my life?
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, so,
1: are you connected to free SRS free Cinema free
2: with uh, SRS Ron Bonk? Um, I believe so because they they have the
1: early works of Marcus Co- Cook on yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, he okay, did so that is uh, yours.
2: Cause, Yeah, he did a release of White Massacre, my first, like, 30-minute movie, and Lunch Meat, my first 60-minute movie. Uh, Lunch Meat's got, like, some very early gore gags in it. Um, And and Billy Scam from Rot, he's in it, like, kind of playing, like, you know, just, like, this character. Like, it, it was really before, like, Billy Scam. I mean, he was already, like, a musician, and whatnot. And you, you can tell because he's carrying a guitar and playing like guitar musics. Uh, but like yeah. before he really became Billy scam, the punk rocker.
3: Okay. So, yeah. No, because yeah, I yeah,
2: saw so it and I was like, her. I wonder if that's a bootleg. <laughs>
1: so, okay. No, I, uh, I didn't know I, if that was a bootleg or not. Okay.
2: Because... Yeah. we Okay. got Like good, a, good. a hundred copies on blue. If, 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 if there's any left, get it. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's my earliest, works. There might be some short films on there. can't remember what all features. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and then Bad oh, definitely. Blood.
1: Um, have you seen Gloria? Bad Blood? No, I have not seen Bad Blood. Not yet.
2: Okay. It was the film I did between... It was my first like 90-minute feature, Bad Blood. It's a vampire film, sort of. Uh, it's got time travel and a shit ton of gore in it. So a lot of my earliest gore effects really started to come into their own on bad blood it's not good it's a terrible stupid movie but it's got a lot of gore in it M- more gore than rock so it's awesome <laughs> so so it's
1: awesome
3: <laughs>
2: So that's another one. I i'm writing
1: these down as you're saying it so do you have any of these available uh you know do you have do you have a website first of all where you
2: sell anything No, no website. I I sell everything like, you know, if people want it, I'm like, just uh, throw me like 20 bucks in PayPal and I'll burn you a DVDR. Like, (laughs)
3: okay. So you're
2: literally selling Um,
3: trunk
0: tapes like back in the day.
2: Say what?
0: Trunk tapes. Like out of the back of your trunk, your car.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, trunk tapes,
2: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, people that make films or music. Yeah, I just, you know, go to conventions. I mean, that that's how I started getting Rot out, and that's how I hooked up with um, EI Cinema, the video outlaw label. Is like, you know, I, I just made, like, 200 copies of Rot, like, one at a time on VHS, um, put them in clamshells. I'd go scour uh, blockbuster videos for any time they were throwing out, like, garbage bags full of, like, their clamshells that were a little beat up. So I just like, Hey, give me some clamshells and, <laughs> uh, you know, took it out, uh, you know, went to my first convention at like uh, cherry Hill. I forget what, what convention it was. Um, but we're up in New Jersey. I drove my little fucking Chevy Chevette that we painted tie dye in rot. We drove that up to fucking Jersey and did a, a fucking convention there. And then I, I met up with uh EI cinema. I was like, you guys want to put this out? And they did. And I don't know how many copies they sold, but after five years and I I finally made like ninety one dollars. Wow. <laughs> that was that was my takeaway oh, from video outlaw.
1: Well, one of those nickels is mine,
3: so <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I still so awesome though remember that you
0: it and uh back of uh, Fangoria. Called a lunch meat special, it had like special edition of Rock with earlier film by
1: Marcus Koch. Lunch meat.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I read about that yeah, one that time, in um what was that? Film Threat. Film Threat magazine, I oh, think, wow. they have an article on that one. Damn, that's nuts. Nice.
0: Wow.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Film you Threat. You Film
0: Threat, and you didn't have to pay off Chris for. That's a goddamn miracle <sighs> in itself.
2: Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Oh, and we got a review. Oh, fuck. There's another old uh, magazine on all kind of indie exploitation stuff. It's still in print. Like, you could still go to Barnes & Nobles and it's still in print. What the fuck is it? Not Videoscope. Oh, fuck. But they reviewed Rot, which I was like, holy shit, I got a review and I'm forgetting it. God damn it. Uh, This is what happens when I drink. I forget everything. No, more. (laughs) Um,
1: shit. I'm trying to think of all the magazines that are still in Barnes Noble's because I was just there recently. Only ones I know is
0: yeah. uh, Whorehound.
1: What? Whorehound. Um, now what are the? Not Fangoria. Fangoria is not around anymore. They, you have to buy theirs through the web and it's like $30 fucking yeah. dollars.
2: And he um, focuses on like driving, like, you know, uh, uh, Forty Second Street sort of drive-in grindhouse movies, you know action oh, shock. films. Oh shit! Is like the video watching? Yeah, no. What you just said it? Shock, shock
3: cinema.
0: cinema.
2: Shock cinema. There yeah, well, yeah. That's they, they they had uh, yeah, they did a review of rot. So that was awesome, and it's an awesome review. Like the shitty fucking shot on high eight camcorder movies <laughs> that you know. Had no budget, like, we had no lighting set up, no sound. Like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. We were just, like, a bunch of crazy punk kids, like, drinking while we were filming and shooting, whatever. <laughs> I don't know how we got... We didn't get arrested. Like, we did some dumb shit, driving on the wrong side of the road, like, you know, and drinking. And I'm filming them drinking and driving, like, for real. Uh, there you go.
1: <laughs> well, what is it? You had that whole segment where... Um... Billy is running through the streets, through fountains,
2: you know, into traffic, cars. (laughs) And both of them were sick. Yeah, we're running downtown St. Pete. Or no, not downtown St. Pete, downtown Clearwater. Um, We got, uh, like, he he ran through a fucking pond, like a little water fountain thing, you know, out in public. I mean, we just ran and just kept running away from that in case, you know, we didn't want to go back, you know, so it was a one-take thing. Just run through it, and we're just going to keep going. <laughs> and both of them were yeah. sick that day. Oh, that explains the coughing. Yeah, they had the flu. <laughs> and then after that, well, immediately, we went over and shot, like, a, uh, over near Billy's house, like, there, he, there was a smaller bridge and water, and that's what we had them jumping into. like uh, Like, if you've ever seen, like, the original thing, when he comes up, there's like a whole, like literally, there's a sign that says "Do not swim in this." There's alligators because it's fucking Florida.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember, but uh, I just remember he comes up and he like climbs under the bridge and he's coughing and all filthy. Ah, good times. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like an that excellent experience. From Ed...
0: Yeah, that scene for Mad would have to be the independent filmmaker's best scene. Where he has them go outside the van. Van, he's like, okay, we're walking, walking, walking. Okay, there's the cops. Run,
2: <laughs> run.
3: <laughs>
2: oh, we had the cops still, he... on us one night. Well, I don't know if the cops what? like got called on us, but they saw us. Like we're yeah, we're filming out with like Billy Scam, and he's got like this giant plastic gun, like that. That could have turned. Bad. There were several times out out yeah. in public with a you know a fake gun that could have turned bad, like uh, you, we're like eighteen, nineteen, like we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We, fuck! How did we survive some of this dumb shit we did?
1: I thought that was an air rifle because the way he cocked it, that's the way you cock an air
2: rifle from the back. Oh yeah, yeah, it was like a pellet gun or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> it, it takes it, a single shot. It was just shot, long doesn't... and big looking. Yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> So I think I remember um, I got shot in the leg by one of those By a friend of mine in Pennsylvania Hanging out with him once <laughs> He like pumped it up like 20 times And then they put a little pellet of One of the copperhead pellets in it And shot me in the fucking cool. leg Thinking it wouldn't go in. And of course it went in So Ow. we're sitting there with a knife Trying to pick it out <laughs>
3: oh, God, <laughs> You know man.
1: You know Punk rock fun you know <laughs> Drinking and do yeah. stupid shit
0: <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, when we were your age, we
0: were trying to kill ourselves by throwing us off of
3: high buildings and stuff. You kids don't know what it's like to <laughs> <you> do stupid shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, no this, uh, uh, like, one of the punk rockers, Derek, like, was the one who jumped off the building. Like, He jumped off the roof of like the uh, back behind the club that the uh, casualties played in. And he like does a fucking flip and lands. You know, it's just like, you know, we're filming this and like, you know, he's just like, I'm just going to do it. And we're like, okay. <laughs> like, okay, Oh yeah, he's the one with wrong. the karate moves. No... <laughs> yeah, like we have no fucking backup plans for any of this shit. Like if he broke his neck, what, I mean, what would we have done, you know?
3: <laughs> um, hey, wrap him
2: up and... <laughs>
3: uh,
1: <laughs> I think one of my favorite scenes of that is when, when uh, they have the little mall goth kid. You know, like torturing oh, yeah, him.
3: Izzy.
1: Yeah, and then she's going to like or start Izzy. blowing him or whatever, and fucking Billy gets <laughs> all pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a great movie. Like, when I saw I watched it like a million times when I bought it. And then when VCRs became like obsolete, I was like, I need to preserve this. And now I'm so happy you're doing Blu ray, so now I can watch it again like a hundred more times. So, <laughs> and back I'm, all I'm so
2: afraid like we we haven't burned the disc yet but like I'm so afraid like be, because it's shot on like you know VHS essentially like a hi8 or camcorder but uh blu-ray fuck it's going to look like ass <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I can fix that and <laughs> eh,
1: whatever <laughs> uh, <laughs> up, right?
2: whatever with like a new 4k scan
3: <laughs> yeah
0: there's still a prank in the yeah, basket case. You like, he? there's like a little bit before the movie starts on the Blu-ray, like, okay, this movie looked like shit when we shot it. It looked like shit when we blew it up. It still looks like shit. It's always going to be like, <laughs> look like shit. We apologize.
1: I mean, mm. that movie's essentially
0: a but garage block band, you know? Like yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But if you're watching something
2: it's like, like that, why would you not expect it to look not look like shit? You know? Yeah. I think it adds to Like there was a time where I found um, like some uh, bootlegs of rot. Like, you know, it was very rare, but I'd be at like, you know, a convention. I'd see like somebody else's like artwork and I'm like, oh, bootleg of rot. Like, I'll just buy this and, like, take it home and watch it. And it's, like, the quality is, like, a dub of a dub of a dub. (laughs)
3: Like,
1: fifth-generation VHS dubbing. (laughs) (laughs) I had a copy of Dawn of the Dead like that. Like, I I (laughs) borrowed a friend of mine's copy that he copied from other kids in school. So I copied his. And I'm watching, and I remember my parents walked into my room, and they're like, what are you watching? I'm like, Dawn of the Dead. They were like... Are you sure? It's like, yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, you can just hear the characters,
1: oh, but you can barely see anything. It was so muddy, you know, it's so muddied out. So. Yeah,
0: I'm not going to name the website because I ain't going to get publicity for this. But they had an article about eight things about Donna the Dead that's dated today that makes it not as fun. One, the closing. Two, oh, the... The green grease fake makeup paint on the zombies look stupid. Three, the looks stupid. Three, the blood color look stupid. Three, the acting oh. is
3: bad. Uh, and then they said, these, the these are people who like dated. only watch like scream <laughs> movies.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's like it's like, you know what? I know what you did last summer is the scariest film I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, I can't wait for the sequel. I still don't give a shit what you did several summers ago.
3: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, uh, I love the
0: My Bloody Valentine uh, remake. How did you meet the madman known as Stephen Brio?
2: Oh, yeah. Stephen Biro. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah. Uh, He ran a, a video store called Video Mayhem. Um, and around that time, Stephen Byro was a or Biro Byro Biro. He doesn't even know yeah. what it is. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> but he he's he was uh, bootlegging movies uh, down in Tampa, and he got busted bootlegging a very particular film, the Guinea Pig franchise. And while he's like, oh, okay, yeah, you got me. But then he's like, you know what? I'm going to try and broker a deal. Like, because I'm bootlegging the film is because people want the film. And if they want the film, that means there's a market for it. So if you guys sign the rights over to me, I can get this an official release. And so that's how, in a nutshell, like everything went down that Steven Byrow had uh, unearthed films and released the first box set. So that's how that all actually came about. And he, like, worked with the producers over the last 15 years to work out the rights for the American Guinea Pig re- uh, reboot. Like, like it's not a remake. You know, he just wants to continue on the legacy of, like, just extreme, fucked-up films that could go any direction.
1: Wow. <laughs> no, that's actually the smartest yeah. thing I ever heard. It's like, well, you know, I got in trouble for bootlegging, but... Hey, people want it, so you might as well let me do it.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I, I, I do I when move. I met brilliant.
0: when I met him, he had one title in the middle of this table and I pointed at him, looked at him, he said, Is this a bootleg? No, it's a tip. And it was like Ryan Nicholson films, the first American guinea pig film, all this splatter shit. And in the middle of that is rock and rule, I'm like, oh, Fuck?
2: Yeah. Yeah, he put out rock and roll. Uh, I paid a lot of money for that one. Um I don't know if he still oh, has yeah. any copies lost. No, hard he lost the
0: rights. So Nirvana, Nirvana seemed that he was selling good with it, so they decided to ah
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's one of my regrets so I didn't pick that, get that get up and then I wanted Sandra. it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and now you can't get a copy for under 100
3: bucks.
1: Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I know I talked yeah. shit about bootlegs earlier, but I, I've i been looking for, like, the Ilsa, the She-Wolf films, like all the Ilsa mm-hmm. films, and I can't find Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS for under $100 now. So oh, I had damn. to break down and get a bootleg, you know? <laughs>
2: And uh, like yeah, in all fairness, with like the bootleg thing, like it, um, like there are certain films from my childhood that will never make it to DVD. They they just won't. Like you know, there's there's certain titles that just aren't ever gonna come out. And like I, I you know I don't want to. It's like a gray area, you know. And sometimes there's these bootleggers at conventions who sell shit for like all the DVDs, five bucks, and it's all the like horror classics. But I'll go through and I'll pick out things that I know are not on DVD. And if I do buy them, I'll buy them as a placeholder. So I've got it and I can watch it again. But like I've always yeah. like, re-upped them. Um, MGM had... Uh, fuck, this was a fun film that I loved as a kid. Uh, My Demon Lover. Not a horror film, but it's got a lot of makeup effects yes. and gore and stuff in it. I've no, never I remember that it one. It. But like,
0: and that was the line like, of you know, cinema. I, and it's never hit yeah, DVD. Never.
2: And eventually, and, and you have to go to their archives. if You can't find it anywhere, but MGM did release a DVD. So, like, you know, I bought, like, the bootleg because I was like, well, this isn't on DVD yet. And then, like, maybe five years later, MGM did, like, this weird one from the vault. But you had to go to their website to get it. And so, like, I, I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I got to have this. So, yeah, I mean, like, I bu- I bought that as a placeholder until, like, Eventually, it would, you know, be put on DVD. So there's, there's films like that so that like, do buy up DVD-R, like Killer and then Party, you
0: MGM DVD are anything that mm-hmm. MGM puts out under their Vault Kids series is DVD mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> like Killer Party, that's another great that's- one. Um, like I bought, and then they finally did like their Vault Collection. Yeah, I did
1: that with um, yeah. Deranged. I had a bootleg for the longest, and then because MGM's hat was like the cut version that I know of, so I had a bootleg of the un, of the version of Deranged with all the gore in it. And then, of course, you know, Arrow put it out. Um, what's the other one? Scream Factory? No, Kino put it out. So they both oh, put them out with the um, with the uncut version. So I literally oh, had to break down. These, and, like
2: Wow, I've I've actually got the the VHS of Deranged, but I didn't know there's like a longer cut. Is is it longer cut than the VHS?
0: Yeah, they got VHS the four scenes added back in. They had to cut to make it an R.
2: Oh shit! Things I never yeah, knew about. Yeah, where he uh-huh. where he scoops he out the, the brains. Where
0: he's uh, yeah, where he's prepping one body. He scoops out the brains with his skull. And then he takes the same spoon and then scoops the peanut butter and put it on his cracker. It's <laughs> sinking
2: Ezra Cobb. Yes. Yeah.
1: No, that, um, I actually suggest... Well, I got both of them because the American Blu-ray has audio commentary with Alan Ormsby.
2: Holy and shit. Awesome.
1: The Arrow one has audio commentary... Has... um. A lot of fucking features, making of, um, oh, and it has audio commentary with I think um, Tom Savini.
2: Oh wow, nice.
1: So it's it's worth yeah. owning both. The problem with the Arrow is is it's a Region B, so you have to have an all Regions player, which I broke down and bought one. So because most of the films I'm looking for are released overseas, but not in America.
2: Yeah, I noticed that too. Like. Uh, yeah, it's it's frustrating, and I'm just like, uh ah, please come here sometime soon.
3: <laughs> it's
1: worth getting an Oral regions player if you can if you can get yeah. the money together, just get one, and then when a film comes out, you can be like, oh, I don't need it because I had um, you remember the Rucker horror film? Um, oh god, um, salute. Oh fuck, come on, um, Steve, help me here. My my brain is bad.
3: Yeah, the, the, the one impression? that you want.
1: Yeah, no, Split Second, are, there's an official release of that now in America. Oh, yeah, Split Second um,
0: there, Rutger Howard film. Oh, Salute of the yeah, Juggers, it, the uncut version of the Salute
1: of the
3: Juggers.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, Bloody Heroes. Okay, Rutger Howard's film, Bloody Heroes. Yeah, Bloody Heroes. Mm-hmm. Marcus, the, there is actually from Japan an uncut Blu ray that has like 20 more minutes of scene that makes the movie more understandable.
3: Cuts out
0: the entire ending of the movie. U.S. Cut cuts out the entire ending of the movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's a whole, there's a whole carry on like, okay. I don't know how much you remember of the, of the blood of heroes is it ends after they win their match. They beat the other team and the credits start rolling and everyone's celebrating. In the Japanese release, they show him walking away, leaving as they're celebrating, and then they show him back in the fields, starting up a new game with a new team of um fighters so and there's no. all kinds of other shit cut throughout the movie, and the only place you could find this disc is Japan
3: hmm. <laughs> no so i
1: I literally had to order it. You know, to from Japan, which took me forever because I didn't understand Japanese. So I'm translating everything through tra- Google Translate. <laughs>
3: it's
1: like a pay for it to get it here.
3: Oh,
2: 100 Tears got released in Japan. And it took me forever to find it because they changed the title. And, you know, of course, I don't read Japanese. But, like, apparently the title... um in Japanese, is Continuous Torn Bloody Clown 100. I finally tracked down the copy. (laughs) Continuous Torn Bloody Clown. So that's 100 years in Japan.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
0: So you get paid for it. I didn't mention earlier, but that's the best way to get Fred to see a new horror film. Fred's like, I don't think I'll go see it. It's got a clown in it. Can it kill people? Yeah. Okay. I'll buy it. (laughs) <laughs> Have you seen A Hundred Tears?
1: Um, I saw it a long time ago and I need to get a copy of it because the one the one scene that really stands out for me is when the guy's getting hacked in the face with that yeah. giant meat cleaver. That that was a memorable and the midget running. The whole midget oh, scene, yeah. scene had me dying. <laughs> I never seen little legs move that fast in my life.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, that is classic exploitation
2: at its best. (laughs) (laughs) Home is it chasing? Oh, God. Um, Good times. Uh, And and that uh, Chip, Chip Santiago, he's, like, worked with, like, a couple of, like, professional wrestling teams. So, like, sometimes when you see, like, you know a gaff where they have a whole bunch of midgets come running out and, like kind of storm like a wrestler like he's one of them like yeah. he's, he's been in some like big wrestling stuff
1: <laughs> okay oh,
3: i, cool I got to ask my friends cuz i have a couple friends name? say what
0: what's Does his wrestling have a name? wrestling name
2: yeah oh i don't know his real name is chip santiago so uh, you, you could look him up and find out like all kinds of wacky things he's done. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, but he looks in have to look Tampa, him up. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I gotta look him up
2: because, <laughs> like I say,
1: he, I there's, I saw it a long time ago and I remember the kill. I remember the, the his daughter joining him and she was definitely, like I watched it and I'm like, yeah, fuck Harlequin. Here's Harlequin right here. The rain oh, fucking yeah. daughter,
3: <laughs> you know
1: she should be playing Harlequin,
3: <laughs> not Margot yeah. Rob.
1: What's her name? Robbie. <laughs> she should play Harlequin. She was perfect, you know. And I remember the makeup, and I remember the midget running. So I, it's another one that I gotta buy. I have to get it from you, I guess.
2: <laughs> it, it, it's a fun one. I just I, I I just got the artwork in for the the Blu Ray release. Uh, a friend of mine, Ian Steyer, uh, out of Washington State Somewhere up in there, Spokane, Washington But like he did this fucking amazing Portrait of like Gertie I wanted it to look like, you know when you go to a thrift store And you see these weird creepy clown Paintings, I wanted it to kind of yeah. Look like that, like you know An oil painting of a creepy clown So like that's, that's what painting. I want The new cover to look like mm-hmm. Yeah, it, stuff like It's that. like an old velvet <laughs>
1: painting, yeah My mom had a velvet Elvis <laughs> painting That used to haunt me it was the creepiest Elvis I've ever seen. <laughs> and I remember, you know, when my parents were gone and the house was sold and everything, I took that painting and I slashed it. So I was like, thank you for the fucking nightmares, you piece of shit. Uh, something, about the
3: Dang, something about
1: the 70s. You said you were. The you said, 70s. You said you're brown. Okay,
3: sorry.
1: Well, the 70s was big with velvet paintings, and they all were spooky as shit. The clowns were especially spooky. <laughs> so that's probably where everyone's nightmares of clowns come from are from 1970s velvet paintings.
2: <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I'll
1: have to look some of them up and show them to you. Velvet clowns they are fucking horrifying. <laughs>
3: <Yeah. sighs>
0: I'm from the South. We had those at flea markets all the time. You said your parents are rednecks. Now you've really proved it. My parents are rednecks. I don't know. They had a velvet Elvis. Okay, you win.
1: <laughs> well, my mom from Texas. My mom was um, from Texarkana, Texas, uh, Arizona. No, Texas. Oh, was from Texarkana, which oh, I remember Texarkana. my grandmother. Yes, was my grandmother
2: was. A, was a, oh, the town that dreaded she was alive.
1: Yes, wow. she told me yeah. stories about that before I even saw the movie. She was living there while it was happening. Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> I that movie so, is good. I have an original poster that I stole from a movie theater that was like, had it in their basement. Not basement, but like one of their side uh, storage rooms. And I saw the um, poster and I'm like, zip, mine, <laughs> because I used to, I had an aunt that worked at a movie theater, and I would get in for free, get free food, shit like that, I saw like a ton of films there, I saw Ghoulies, Return of Let Me Dead, which that, the story of that is funny, but um, I remember I used to rummage through their storage when they weren't looking, and I would like take posters and old one-sheets that they just had sitting <laughs> in there rotting, collecting dust. So I had this amazing oh. collection of one-sheets at one point. you got to liberate you know? them,
2: you know? So sometimes yeah. people don't know they what they can... have, and it needs to be liberated.
1: Well, <laughs> if you don't mind me telling you <laughs> like this little story. That... Yeah, the liberating. I actually, um, I was, when, when the Return of the Living Dead, I was 14 when Return of the Living Dead came out. I was a little punk rock kid, mohawk, padlocked, chain neck. I was the ter- stereotypical little punk rock kid. I saw Return of the Living Dead, got so jazzed about it, I walked out of the theater, smashed the glass that had the uh, poster behind it, stole the poster, and took off down the street with it.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I still have this po- oh, yeah. that poster to this day in a frame on my wall. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. That's what kind of influence that film had on me when I was a kid. anything like that like growing up like any movies that you still to this day love that you saw growing up that influenced you
2: oh um probably like like it's weird i want to do like a crazy alien film one day um but like uh God damn it! This is hands down to me the best on-screen alien ever. Is uh, the Alien's deadly spawn, the the creature designed by John Dodds. Fucking love that film. It's so low budget, but like, god damn it, it's perfect. It's a perfect movie.
3: Yeah,
2: the kid in the basement, seeing his
3: yeah,
0: not showing the alien, making it look creepy.
2: it was just an eating machine it was just a mouthful of teeth. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah that was filmed like right here in New Jersey where I'm at too which I'm always proud That's of I'm awesome. like yeah Ali, uh return of yeah. the deadly spawn is filmed here <laughs> that cool. and um yeah. the the kid from the, um the the kid from Sleepaway Camp went to the high school of my town not the the grammar school of my town
2: oh nice Oh uh, so, yeah. When so, I
3: yeah.
2: Worked, have you seen Nico the Impaler? This is another one you should seek out if you haven't uh, seen it. Uh, Nico the Impaler. This was like my only my second time working out of state. That was the film I met um, Lloyd Kaufman for the first time and <laughs> confronted him. Um, but like uh Phylicia Rose is in that from Sleepaway Camp, so that was like at 1st time you know, like, oh, this is only my second film, and, like, here's this big star, it's like, Felicia Rose, she had a dick.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs>
3: she had a dick. Like,
0: Anish Nas, the guy who directed some of the best German gore films.
2: Yeah, yeah, Violent Shit 1, 2, and 3, Anthrophagus 2000, uh, Demonium, yeah, yeah. Fucking Andreas Schnass,
0: Yeah, who cares about German Splatter. Have you ever seen Psychopathic?
2: No, that one I haven't seen. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that one's familiar to me,
0: like too. A, it's a German anthology they did. It shows you the tone of it, the opening scene has a guy walking down the street, and he walks past a piece of dog shit, and there's a stick in it, and it says, Typical German Gore film, according to the critics.
2: Oh, 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 wait a minute. Maybe I have seen Psychopathic. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, it's an anthology. Because I remember that. It's the
0: one where it has shot yes. does And what happens in it, Fred, is that the monster in anthropophagus gets a hold of some bad beans and kills people with, with his fart.
2: Yeah, isn't there a guy who, like, explodes and... He's on the beach. Oh, my God. I have seen this because I used clips yeah, from that, that film. in my... Yeah,
0: that's him. himself so much that he exposed. <laughs> and it has David <coughs> Warbeck in the same story as, as a doctor in high heel and stockings.
1: Yeah, that's one I have to see. I have to watch. I haven't seen that one. <laughs>
0: and Joe D'Amato is a, as a porn shop owner.
2: Okay, with of a long pinky finger. Yes, yes, yes. I have seen yeah. it. <laughs> okay, I know exactly what you're talking about now. Of what
3: course happened? he
0: is. Ah. <laughs> I wish they would get I've seen it in limited edition, but I wish they would get that one a, a fucking full release. That is so much fun. Any movie I have, I've holding one of his movies and going, don't be a poosie. Watch Bucci
3: movies.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, I that one went that one went past me. That that went under my radar. <laughs> Sorry. Well, the
0: only there's so much I, I need to, have in my to Yeah, the only way I got it is this company called Video Screens that still is a gray market company nowadays. They put it out in maybe a 500 or 1,000-copy limited VHS edition back in the day.
3: Damn.
1: I know VHS. Has anybody else seen this, like, is trying to make a comeback? Like, all of a sudden, I'm seeing all these, like, limited VHS copies now. Is that like a hipster thing? I well yeah, yeah, was-
2: I, 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 that's been happening the last ten years, but like I think it's hit its fucking wall. <laughs> like there was there was a time like like I was like oh, I'm like fuck it, I'll just do like a re release of like a hundred tiers, like you know, limited to like fifty copies and they'd sell out in like two days. And yeah. like uh on our Indiegogo we're like for um Beyond Horror, I was like, Oh, let's offer VHS. We sold four <laughs> yeah. Four, I remember four that, Viet,
0: <laughs> did that. I remember it because someone called him a motherfucker for only doing that little copies.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: they were that pissed. Nah, they, they were that they were so no. pissed that they sold out that they called him a motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean,
2: and they were giant. The clamshells were fucking huge. And so I only had 50 of them because I was like, oh, I want to do a clamshell. So I'll just get like, and I I went to something online and and it was like 50 like Disney clamshells. And when I got them, they were fucking giant. They were way bigger than a Disney (laughs) clamshell. And I'm like, these are fucking huge. (laughs) And so, like you know, I only had 50, but I did a, a like a release. I had a there. Oh, funny story. There's another per. There's so many people with my name, Marcus Cook, spelled K-O-C-H. But um, another one of them is a uh, tattoo artist out of Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, kind of became friends with him and let him design the cover for the uh, our the giant box clamshell of uh, 100 Tears. So if you could ever get your hands on it. Occ- occasionally I see people put them up for sale, but they're like
3: $200.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> when you see your own movie like selling for that much, I'm like, why Why don't I just sell it for that much? <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's just like, these people are making money well, off of my, my fucking movie. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, that's what cool yeah, no, I know.
0: Red did for a little bit. We would say that movie A was out of print, and then you'd see copies selling for $200 go up on eBay.
1: Yeah, no, that happened (laughs) to me with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, perfect example. I had ordered it. It was the Screen Factory edition, right? And Mm -hmm. it went out of print like a week later. All of a sudden, I get an email saying, oh, we had to cancel your order because it was returned back to us. I'm like, what do you mean it was returned back to you? And they're like, yeah, no, your order's canceled. And then I turn around. I'm like looking online. It's going for like $100, $150, $200. And I remember I messaged them like, you motherfuckers. You canceled my order because you knew you could sell it for three, four times the amount. You asshole. And then I smeared their names all over the internet. Yeah, I was like pissed. So then I ended up I think I spent $75 for the disc because I really wanted it. so. <laughs> but I didn't get it from them. I got it from someone else. But, yeah, it they, they went out of print like a week later, and then all of a sudden everyone held their copies and wouldn't sell them for the original prices.
3: Oh, uh, dicks. Dick move. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's they the do a lot of been... price gouging now.
2: Oh, uh, God. Uh one of the VHSs that I happened to find in the wild for 99 buck or 99 cents, sorry, not $99, 99 cents still wrapped in original factory sealed plastic was, uh, and, and at the time, like A 120 days of Sodom was going for like 600 bucks for a used VHS. And I found You're one a New in a fucking thrift store. Huh? No, no, this is down in Tampa, Florida. I found that uh um, No, I mean the New York case.
0: That was the company that put it out.
2: Oh, I have no idea. Um it it was before the big deluxe, you know, Criterion edition came out. But I was like, yeah, Man, I fuck, I found this for ninety nine cents and like these motherfuckers don't know what they have. <laughs> <laughs> and if they knew, it would have they would have taken it off the shelf,
3: put a
1: new label on it, and you would have been spending ninety nine dollars for it.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you know, <laughs> and, and of course, I'm I'm not like any I'm not like a collector who buys things to flip them. Like I know, you know what they were going for. So I bought it, and it was wrapped in plastic. And I'm like, I'm fucking cutting this motherfucker to open it and watching it on VHS, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm the same That's way. Like weird. I I'm I, not looking for movies to to squirrel away for two, three years and then reselling it for like a hundred bucks. When I buy it, uh, I'm gonna watch the fuck out of it, you know? Yeah. Nothing yeah, of mine is ever resellable.
0: Yeah. The, they had a lie, the Blu ray. I got it on Amazon for four ninety five. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, about six months later, it went out of print, and then people were like, they wouldn't buy it for $4.95, They're like, eh, yeah, I'm waiting for the good version. And then it went out of print, now it's $100, people are buying it for that much.
2: Oh, <laughs> and there's no features on it, I know the fucking Blu-ray, because I almost bought it, and I was like, oh, it's the movie? Nah, I'm going to wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah,
2: I did that with um. From beyond. four
0: dollars and ninety five cents. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. what I got it for. I mean, you know,
2: score. <laughs> yeah, fuck. <Keep> <laughs> I mean, at least, at least you got that. Um, but I've and they've been talking for years. Peter Jackson's going to put out um, "Bad Taste," meet the Feebles, um, and "Dead Alive," like with super extended extra features that have never been seen before. Probably not so much on Bad Taste. Bad Taste at least had, like, an awesome two-disc set that had a lot of features on it. But, like, yeah, it's totally worth it for Meet the Feebles and Dead Alive. Like, I'm, like, I'm holding out for this to happen. Hasn't happened yet, though. He's been talking about it for, like, five years. (laughs) Yeah.
3: So there Same you go, with, there's your uh, idea.
1: Same
0: with and uh, Master <laughs> Central High.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. But I was just going to
1: say, there you go, Marcus. Put out um Rot and then sell five copies and then hold the rest and then make up a bunch of fake accounts to sell them for 200 each.
3: <laughs> right. out
2: of print <laughs> Blu-ray. Out of oh, print Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs>
0: were, you know, it, it's, it's sad week, that that's friend. the way
2: things work. Like, I mean, like, wh- why does that happen? Like, 100 Tears went out of print because Anthem DVD, like, you know, got sued and they went tits up, like, literally right after they released 100 Tears. And then it went out of print. And then I started seeing copies being sold for, like, $200, $500, $1,000. I'm like, what the Fuck, like out of print. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so fucking well, weird. It, the it's market. Such a
1: fucked up thing. Well, I, I'm sure you heard. You know the movie Dread, the the Judge Dread film. The soundtrack mm-hmm. is amazing. I've I've been looking for the soundtrack. You can find the soundtrack for eight hundred dollars. God damn it! That's <laughs> that's what the sounds. The CD soundtrack is worth eight hundred dollars now.
3: I never understand
0: the collector and flipper mentality. Yeah, and that's not every hobby that way.
1: Yeah. Well, and a lot of it is the distribution. It's like, okay, we're only going to make this many copies, so people buy up as many copies as they can, and then flip them for three times the amount a week later. You know, oh,
2: which is why they, a yeah, lot I'm of stuff like, oh, this is gonna be out of print. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what, what is, it is it on? Like uh, the
0: Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah. Uh I seen this guy on the Vinegar Syndrome Facebook site and it caused me to leave. He was selling the the slip covers. It was like four slip covers oh, for
2: the movie. I saw that tonight. For three dollars. Yeah. Yeah, there was some guys selling like $200 for a fucking what was it? Star, not Star vehicle, Star or something. God, I've got the VHS oh. or, or uh <laughs> but they're selling a slip and people are making jokes like, "Oh, is this, you know, do you, the does this arrive folded or with air, you know, in between?" <laughs> like yeah. it's a fucking slip. <laughs> I don't I don't even as a collector myself, like I don't get the slip and I'm oh my slip's been crinkled you know I get it if you, you, you're you pissed if your fucking DVD arrives and the mail smashed it like I get that but like oh there's a yeah. scuff like <laughs> god damn it yeah,
3: yeah screen factory's I, I, famous uh, for their uh, um, I, get it. I don't oh, get it what what Steve
0: it's like oh uh, there's a movie in oh, there yeah. And the
3: director wants you to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Screen Factory is famous for. Walk the...
0: oh, yeah. yeah,
1: with the posters. Screen Factory is famous for the posters. And I get people complaining because I've actually happened to have, have it to me. I got the uh, humanoids from the deep poster. And the tube was literally broken half and the poster sticking out.
2: And uh... the poster, of course, was
1: com- Yeah, so that I get. But, like, I've gotten Blu-rays in the mail, and it's like, oh, the corner of the thing is a little fucking, you know, bent. I'm not going to sit there and return it, because it's not in perfect mint condition. It's not a fucking Superman comic book that you're going to sell for $5,000 20 years from now. Yeah. But, yeah, the market's become disgusting with collectors. Like, I stopped. I stopped trying to, like, you know, keep up with it. It's Like if it comes out and I can afford it, fine. I'm not going to pay three hundred dollars later down the line for it.
2: Yeah, there. I, I started to get wrapped up in, in that as a collector myself. Like I, I just started spending stupid money on stuff and there's like really no need to. And and the real like kind of eye opener is like I paid a hundred and sixty bucks for a VHS of a made for TV movie called uh, The Witching Hour. And Mm, literally like two weeks later, I was just in a fucking flea market and found a better mint condition copy on VHS for like 99 cents. And I was like, oh, oh." I bought this raggedy (laughs) ass beat up piece of VHS because I was like, oh, witching hour. Like, and, and, (laughs) and it's funny, people sell stuff like this VHS is out of print. Well, fuck yeah, it's out of print. It's VHS.
1: Yeah. Well, I used to I used to get the same way. It's like, it's
2: going out of print. I need
1: to get it. And then a month later, a, a new print would come out with special features on a DVD. It's like, well, that's why it went out of print, because they're upgrading.
3: Yeah.
1: And
0: I hate it when companies make big announcements about... This DVD is going
1: out of print on November the 8th. You better buy all our copies up right now, because it's going to be out of print.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: What else is coming up for you, Marcus?
2: I know you said COVID Uh, kind of fucked everything up. Yeah, COVID's fucked up a bunch of things for everyone, but, like, um... Currently re editing like Beyond Horror. I'm hope I don't know if I can get it done by Christmas, but like yeah, working on that. Um I'm about to have uh, Symbolicus, which I I over the COVID I just reached out to all my filmmaker friends. I'm like, Hey, do you wanna make something weird, fucked up, whatever? It's it's an anything mm-hmm. goes sort of situation. Doesn't have to be horror. So it's it, it kinda runs the gambit. It's all over the place. But Symbolicus, I've got like, you know, the Volume one coming out soon, so putting that together right now. Okay. And yeah, then, I think I put in my
1: order for a uh, rod already, so I'm waiting for that, for you to finish that up.
3: Which
2: no yeah, hurry. I mean, just Scams, make it really cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hang tight. <laughs> I got everyone else's interviews except for Billy Scams, and then then I can get those like underway for the Blu-ray. So. but yeah, uh, Definitely got to yeah, talk about. that it's
1: been this. a weird year. Really fucking yeah. weird year. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to ROT because I haven't watched it in a long time. Because like I said, all <laughs> I have is a VHS, and I I haven't I I, I can't bring myself to buy a new VCR.
3: <laughs>
1: I'm like because I'm so deep into like the discs now.
3: <laughs> oh, I have
1: I... hundreds of them. Um, VHSs. I just don't watch them. It's just like I, I like I have my original Parasite still in the clamshell. I still have okay. all that. Like, yeah, no, I got a lot of VHSs. At one point, yeah. I had the you know those gigantic milk crates.
2: I had forty of mm-hmm. them filled with VHS tapes. Damn. Yeah, I'm <laughs> looking at like a stack. Little by little, I'm moving. Well, well, because I moved all my shit out to LA and like moved. Uh, I'm in the middle of Illinois now, but all my collection, my DVD, Blu-ray, and VHS collection is still out in LA. So little by little at this point, like I've gotten home what I could fit in the car, but now I've like got to like send friends money to mail me boxes of my movie collection back home. At one point it was really (laughs) huge, but before I moved to LA, I sold off, most of my collection, but in three years, being back out there, I just gained like another thousand films. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: and and that's that's the <sighs> curse of being a film fan.
2: <laughs> mm.
1: Oh, the absolute worst for me! More. Like,
2: I have a terrible memory. Like, if I love a film, I remember it forever. If I hate a film, I forget about the film. I erase it from my memory. And so I'm really notorious for, like, oh, what is this movie? This looks cool. I will buy this. And then I take it home and then go to put it in the collection. I'm like, oh, I've already got four copies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, 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 it, and it doesn't well, matter if it's a good movie or a bad movie. I was just like, oh. like I mean, I do the same thing with a good movie. I'm like, oh, Freaked, this movie was so much fun. I'll buy a copy. And then I'm like, oh, I've already got Freaked.
1: Yeah. are you one of the people? Because i I'm, I'm, I do this all the time. Like, I have Night of the Living Dead, then they'll come out a new Night of the Living Dead with more features, so I'll buy that one. Then I buy another um, Night of the Living Dead because it's got different interviews that's not on the other disc, so I buy that one. So now I have like six copies of Night <laughs> of Living Dead, all because they have different features on them.
2: <laughs> oh, shit. Well, like I mean, I'll buy them for the features, but like if they change the artwork, like I'm, like I'm not. But there, yeah, this is this is crazy to me. Like, I mean, like I'm I'm a hardcore collector, but like I'm not that hardcore. Like, there's people who buy my films, and you know, okay, Germany put out this cover, uh, France put out that cover, uh, China put out this cover, fucking yeah, you know, wherever. And they have every version. Although there's not much different disc to disc, other than maybe language feature. Like if if you want to hear people talking like Japanese, like you, yeah, but it's the same movie. But there are people yeah. who do that. They're like, "Well, why every fucking version?" And I'm like, "It's nothing." I movie. did that. I'm like, have well, you guys cool.
0: ever seen uh, Survival Survival the film? Breaks?
3: No. No.
0: There's one scene in it where this guy shows his collection and he has 43 of Evil Dead.
2: That's a lot of oh. copies of Evil Dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, was, uh, yes. and they
0: asked him, he said, do you watch them? i got 43 copies of Evil Dead. But do you watch any of them? I've got 43 copies
3: of Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: uh, I, I, I only did that with one film as far as, like, just the covers, and that's, um, Steve knows this because we did a podcast on it, is, um, Hell of the Living Dead or, a.k.a. Mm. Of the Zombies, a.k.a. Virus, it, that famous, like, New Guinea splatter film, yeah. <laughs> zombie splatter. I I actually t- got into this where I, okay, so now I got the Spanish version. Let me get the Italian version. <laughs> and there's no difference in the movie. <laughs> the only difference yeah, I, I own all these copies of this fucking movie because they had different titlings on them. And that's it. <laughs> so, and I think the only one I really watch is the original DVD, which is under the title Night of the Zombies, and it's a rip from the VHS, which is what I originally saw. So it's like I'm always reliving that memory. The first time I saw it, when I pop in that shitty-ass, muddy... VHS looking copy of Night of the Zombie.
3: <laughs>
1: and that's the ho- I, I always tried to figure out like what is it with horror films, especially collectors that look for older horror. Is it are you buying them because they bring you back like a time capsule? Like I remember where I was when I got when I you know saw that film, and it's like when I watch Rot, it brings me back to that time period in the nineties with all my punk rock friends, and hitting New York, hitting the limelight, hitting, you know, the old bars. Yeah, before it turned to shit, when it was still a club. Yeah. I, I saw a band. I saw Agent Orange there. And I remember they were performing, and a group of skinheads went and just started beating all the punk rockers up. So it was like a mini war within the fucking club during Agent Orange, of everyone beating each other up. And I remember a oh, bouncer shit. grabbed me and threw me through the door. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, it was a good. It was, it was great. It was the early. It was um, probably the later Limelight, right? Right before it really turned to shit. Because at one point, like I used to go to the Limelight, and it'd be like people passed out on like heroin and they like laying there on the floor. And it started getting really, I mean, it was always sleazy, but then it started becoming like where people would just go to do drugs.
3: Hmm.
1: And it, it was no longer like a concert venue. It was just people would go there to fuck themselves up. And it got kind of lame for a while. Like, and then it closed. Of course. Yeah, everyone knows the story now at the mini mall. Like, you can go there and get, like, a cucumber manicure, you know?
3: <laughs> oh, damn.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it, 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 it literally
1: turned to a mini-mall. Crazy. Mine's worse.
0: My um, local theater where I see shit, like, Gates of Hell, uh, the, the Rutger House, I think Split Seconds there, uh, Wings Houser movies, Vice Squad, it's turned into a church. Yeah.
3: Damn.
2: Damn.
0: Just
1: nothing wrong about yeah. that. Yeah. No, a lot of the theaters I used to go to are either gone or now they're they're like little
2: walk-in mini malls. Oh, so sad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 worried. Like theaters aren't going to come back the way they were after this yeah, COVID no, business. Like there's so many going under right now, and the art house theaters because they're tiny. Independently owned and not a mega chain, like all of that's like suffering right now.
1: Yeah, they were even talking about Forbidden the Planet toy comic store. Oh, drive-ins are booming because you you could social distance there.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're in a car, you're socially distanced, so that's that's you know, awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah, but there's no drive-ins in New York City, so you know <laughs> it's like. The Angelica is gonna disappear. Um, a lot of those are gonna oh. disappear. Yeah, yeah. Every time, every time I read Coney Island, which is I, I lived there for a while, um, is like really suffering. A lot of my friends that were sideshow performers are moving out. They're just because they can't. Oh no. They can't live there anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All the sideshow performers are leaving.
1: Some of them, yeah. Like uh, I know three of them just moved out. They, they're like, we can't survive here. There's no money, you know. Uh, and my uh, friend Patrick runs Coney the sideshows uh, um, side shows on the seashores. They're scared. It's it's hard. It's really because no one can. You, because and I don't know if you ever went there. You ever been to Coney Island?
2: No, no, no. My, side my wife show, performed there though. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah, hey, he had had con there, You'll never get
3: Coney Island. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I lived there for quite a while, and I made a lot of friends there on sideshows, and you know, it's it's heartbreaking to see
3: what is what what oh. is uh, where it's
1: going headed now. Yeah, I know we're just gonna turn back into the 1970s. Half of it's closed down, and then you got a few open shops. That's what's going to end yeah. up happening. And then you have, um I know my one friend, friend that moved out, her property was bought and they're building condos for rich people. Yeah, in other words, yeah Brooklyn's been taken over by rich people. Just like Manhattan yeah, has. It's, it's getting gentrified the fuck.
0: So
1: it's really listening. <laughs> the
0: king of New York, Abel Ferreira was trying to kill y'all back in
2: 92. <laughs> yeah. He was trying to tell you. <laughs> Yeah. My did.
0: favorite line from that is I know what the dirtiest word in the world is. Even dirtier than fuck? Yes, gentrification.
3: Ooh, yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: and it's so true. <laughs>
3: uh, well, thank all you,
0: Jen. I'll mark it. This thing, like, it was only for a second.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: I was actually nervous about tonight because, like, when I heard you were the guest, I was like, "Oh fuck, oh fuck, I know that movie! Oh my god, oh my god, I'm gonna be talking to Marcus! Holy shit!"
2: (laughs) 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 I'm just a normal guy. (laughs) I, 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 I had a video camera, had no idea what I was doing, but I'm glad like it made it out there and it's people watch it. That's fucking awesome that's all you can ask for right
1: (laughs) exactly yeah yeah and so grateful i got to talk to you
2: awesome (laughs) good talking to you (laughs) (laughs) all right where can
0: we go uh, pre-order right right now
2: um i'm doing pre-orders just through my paypal um which is autopsy13 at gmail.com and autopsy O-D-D-T-O-P-S-Y 1-3 at gmail.com I'm doing them at 30 I'm doing pre-sales right now so I'm hoping to ship around you know closer to Christmas Uh, 30 bucks you know just make sure I have your address because that's the hardest thing in the world tell people like oh just make sure I have your address and then you get a PayPal and you're like where is this I can't mail you anything if I don't have your address. <laughs> yeah.
3: So I think true, I did though. it right. So true.
1: <laughs> I think okay. I did it right. I think I messaged you like, did I do this right? And you were like, um, yeah. You know, it's like, all
3: right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. You're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and if you oh. have student, look
0: online or buy. Uh, we are still here. That one is good.
2: Yeah, we are still here. Is a fun one. That was a very cold shoot. Like we shot in the fucking dead of winter in upstate New York in Palmyra, New York. Is that upstate or is that like west? Like it? Uh, where Where's that considered? Palmyra? It's
1: oh, um, not yeah, not quite Syracuse. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's north though. Yes. Yeah, it's it's snowing it there was now. Fucking so, yeah. cold.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think Purgatory they got four feet Road of snow yesterday.
0: Oh. Yeah. you would love *Purgatory <laughs> Road*, man. It's like a bizarre cross between uh, a 50s film noir and a psycho flash <laughs>
3: film.
0: You know? It goes into its own bizarre direction.
1: Yeah. Well, I told you, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta build up my collection now of Marcus and uh, films. Owns- <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, and blood shop. shock, get that one. Sweatshop's yeah. a good okay. one. Um, blood shock, the American guinea pig. Uh, check out blood shock. That one's fucked. <laughs> and it's <Okay>. gorgeous.
0: <laughs> no, really, Fred. It's the most gorgeous of the film. Just gorgeous.
1: Definitely gonna check
0: those it's out. One of those is like, yeah, it's like for an almost no budget. It looks
3: gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> the colors like can do a lot if it. you
2: put your mind to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, uh, thank you. Yeah. Again. Yeah. And
3: thank thank you,
0: you, guys. Yeah. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I'd like to take this moment to announce on Thanksgiving, we're going to be doing craft giving. Uh, the first is going to be me uh dislocating about the religious classic filmed in Tennessee. If horsemen if footmen tire you, what will horsemen do? Yes, I'm going to bring religion back to Thanksgiving with this test. <coughs> and Second right. and are Wing doing this shallow the shot on video classic Blood Lake. Have you seen that one oh, Marcus? Yeah.
3: Blood
2: Lake, yeah. Uh,
0: Fred hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> I can't wait to hear Fred's experience, first experience with Blood Lake. <laughs>
1: I have it on order. It's coming.
0: <laughs> Good times. With the world famous flasher line I'm just a gardener. Well, that'll do. Boom. <laughs> and we're closing up All tonight right. with. Blood
3: Creek
0: The Religious Turkey Classic And thank you Everyone again for listening And thanks Marcus for being on And thank you Fred for
1: being here Thank you Thank you Marcus
2: Yeah thank you for having me on This, this was a lot of fun it's Just like open conversation I had no idea where it was going to go Like, Yeah it was just a great talk
1: Yeah we don't do like interview interviews We we just bullshit <laughs>
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way, way to do it. I think. If you just
2: want
3: to sit
2: around and bullshit for three hours, just to have a leader
3: and be on our show. <laughs> 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 All
2: right, Good team. night, everybody. <laughs> good night. Have a good night.